It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. I mean, you know, like I said, we, we got to win the next spot. I mean, that's the I don't have any... You know, relax one minor to run the table or whatever. You got up there, man, but that's the reality of it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. I encourage you to do that. You can follow all of the podcast coverage at LockedOnPackers.com. That is with Support from our friends at FanRag Sports, where I also write, so I can shamelessly plug that work. I encourage you, as always, to check out the Acme Packing Company blog. That is the SB Nation Packers blog, where most of my Packers-related writing is. I haven't plugged it in a while, so I wanted to get that plug in there. It is Thursday of Tampa Bay Buccaneers week, and it was announced Wednesday, officially, as if there were any questions by Dirk Cutter that Jameis Winston is going to play on Sunday. He's going to make his his re-debut. He's been out for three games with a, with a shoulder injury. He had um, platement treatment therapy on it. And we are going to deep dive into the Buccaneers roster today. If you haven't, go back and listen to our Opponent Wednesday show with Greg Allman from the Tampa Bay Times because he's going to provide some crucial context for where we are, where this team is, and how they got to this point. They are beat up, just like Green Bay. And that's going to play a major role in this game because of matchups and because, frankly, the Buccaneers are not as talented right now as they would have been to start the season if everyone were healthy and everyone isn't healthy. So that is a problem for them, just like it's a problem for Green Bay. This is, we're going to be in December when this game kicks. So no team is healthy or very few teams are healthy at this point in the season. Let's start there with Green Bay, though, before we get to Tampa Bay, because three key figures returned to the Packers practice field on Wednesday. Kenny Clark back at practice in a limited fashion. If he can come back this week, but but certainly next week when the Browns are going to want to run the ball and are much better at doing so than Tampa Bay is, that would be huge, and especially down the stretch. They're going to need him against teams like Carolina, teams like Detroit, uh, to push the pocket, not to stop the run, and certainly teams like Minnesota. Aaron Jones also returned to practice in a limited fashion. He off the, the knee sprain a couple weeks ago. Getting him back would provide balance and versatility to this offense. Those screens, Jamal Williams did turn a screen into a touchdown. 
against the Steelers, but he also dropped a pass on the sidelines that Aaron Jones probably catches. And so having that versatility would allow Green Bay to do different kinds of things with their backs and and hopefully not doing so by telegraphing what they're going to do. You bring in your your thumper to just run and you bring in the other guy to just do things in the passing game, it makes it obvious what you're going to do. Carolina has this problem. If Christian McCaffrey is in the game, they have a route concept in for him in all likelihood. And they're probably going to throw him the ball. So you don't want to be predictable. That's why it's nice to have two guys. Jamal Williams can pass protect, so he can be in there for that. Aaron Jones, we've seen it. He is an excellent runner in between the tackles. But they're able to get a little bit more creative. You'd rather have Aaron Jones running the screens. You'd rather, if you're going to go empty, you'd rather Aaron Jones be out there. If you're going to pound it between the tackles, if you need third and one converted, maybe you'd rather have Jamal Williams out there. They they converted a couple third and shorts against Pittsburgh with... Some power, straight up, just power run game. It's not quite, what are they calling it in New Orleans with Alvin Kamara, Mark, and Ingram? Smash and dash, which I thought had a whole other connotation, which we can set aside for the moment. But this is one of those, this is one of those situations where getting those guys back. This was this was the team that they envisioned could exist when when they drafted these guys. Ty Montgomery was supposed to be the versatile every down piece. You had Aaron Jones who could come in and do some things, and Jamal Williams, a power back with pass blocking ability, he can come in and play in third downs too. So by the end of the season, everyone will have gotten reps, and moving forward, they're going to have a very talented, very versatile running back group. Now, the last person in this trifecta to return for Green Bay is Clay Matthews, and he said he was close against Pittsburgh. It didn't feel like he was 100%, and so he ended up being inactive. He said he envisions himself playing on Sunday. He said something else that was interesting, though. Talking about Aaron Rodgers. He said in the rehab group, because he's obviously been in that group dealing with with his injury, he's watching Rodgers, and he's going, "He he looks good. He looks ready. This is what he said on Wednesday. Um, you know, being a part of that rehab group, uh, to watch Aaron, what, what he's been doing in there, I, I think uh, we probably should have kept him off IR. I mean, the way he's uh, coming along, I mean, some of these balls he's throwing accuracy-wise and, and, you know, everything that a quarterback has to do is, is pretty remarkable. So it'd be, it'd be really neat to see him out there. Um, you know, unfortunately, he'll have to wait, I think, what, two weeks uh, prior to coming back. But um, who knows if it'll give us a boost or a jolt. But um, it, it's always good when you get your uh, studs back. No, I don't think anyone should kid themselves because anything less than six weeks would be madness. You you wouldn't want to rush Rodgers back because you don't want to risk re-injury. You want to give him the time. And the doctors, the time frame that was reported was that eight-week window. And it just, one of the reasons why a lot of people were dubious of that time frame is because it so conveniently coincided with the IR window. And so eight weeks was probably always the most ambitious timeline, but it also seems like it's the timeline that that we could be on, which would be great for the Packers playoff hopes. They seem to understand they need to win the next five games if they want to make the playoffs. And I don't know if you caught it, but I, I added a little bit in the drop at the top of the show, and that was the Clay Matthews sound about Aaron Rodgers and he doesn't have a one-liner, but they're obviously thinking about running the table. They're thinking, he says outright, we have to win the next five games. They're thinking about it. 
They are going for it. They believe that they can compete. That's what they expect to do. And so the thought of getting Rodgers back is motivating. It very clearly is motivating to them. Unfortunately, Kevin King is still out. He he left the game on Sunday, came back, and he's dealing with that shoulder injury. That's the kind of thing that he's just going to have to gut out. And if he can, if he if he's not at risk of doing further damage, he's going to play through it as best he can, and he may have to come in and out of the game. Now, luckily for Green Bay, the Tampa Bay offense has been stop and start. It's been inconsistent. We'll get to that. Having Kevin King in there against someone like Mike Evans, a big body who can run and be physical, that would be great to have in there. But Devon House is the same kind of build. And the kinds of receivers that give Devon House problems are the kind Pittsburgh had. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, who didn't play. Guys who, are, who can be a little bit shiftier. Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. If you're going to be a big body, this is why a couple of years ago, Devon House played Julio Jones so well. Because it's not about how shifty he is. It's not about short area quickness. It's not about it's not about the nuance. It's about me against you, and I'm gonna outmuscle you and I'm gonna outspeed you for the ball. You'd like to have two guys out there who can do that to match up with Mike Evans. But Demarius Randall in the slot, he's played he he's really has played well. And against Deshaun Jackson, who's who's dealing with an injury himself, beyond that. At the receiver position, they don't have many proven options. And so that's an injury that that may not hurt Green Bay, but it's someone that you'd like to have in there. For, if for no other reason, then you'd like him to get the reps. Ty Montgomery also still dealing with the rib injury. He's He is uh, has not practiced this week. And there's, there's really no rush. Given the way Jamal Williams has played, given the way that we've seen Aaron Jones play, and how we expect he, he can play once he gets healthy, there's no need to rush him back. Before we get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. You could win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. All you need to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. Each week, we're going to pick someone to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, a $39.99 value that gets you access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks. NFL drafts coverage, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, all sort mountains of data at your disposal. And all you have to do to be entered into the contest is leave your name and a review of this podcast with your Twitter handle in it, and you'll be entered to win. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up fanduel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, let's start with the Tampa Bay offense because it is clearly the better unit. As we discussed with Greg Allman yesterday, this was a unit that was supposed to come into the season with limitless potential. O.J. Howard as a rookie tight end, Deshaun Jackson taking the top off of defenses. Maybe Chris Godwin can give them a little bit of something. Mike Evans has ascended to the top, the upper echelon of receivers in this league, and we haven't seen it. They've been up and down. They've run hot and cold. Now, Jameis Winston will be back, but even with Jameis, this offense was not the kind of high-powered offense we thought we'd see. He was only completing 61% of his passes. Now, part of this is was while he was hurt, he did play hurt and probably should not have. 10 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, a, rating, a QB rating under 90 for the season. So, Winston has not been good and... They're the 16th-ranked offense by DVOA. For those who don't remember what DVOA is, it is a defense-adjusted value over average. That is all a fancy way of saying it accounts for the teams that you play. And so how did you do against Team X versus how did everyone else do against Team X? Because if all you do is play weak teams, the Patriots a couple years ago, this is the example I always use, they had the number one scoring defense, but they played one of the worst offensive schedules in football. They played mostly crap quarterbacks. And so they did not have a a, a great defensive DVOA. So this is the metric I like to use. They were 12th, or they come into this week 12th, throwing the ball, 28th running the ball, and Doug Martin has a concussion. They, They can't run, and they don't run that often. It is, not, it is not really how they want to win. Now, they, they do still want to run the ball to have balance because every team wants to have balance. They're just not very good at it. So that means Jaquiz Rodgers is going to have to feature more, and he's not great. Anyone who's been paying attention to the league for the last few years knows he's never been great. He is a fine backup running back, and that's it. Now, Deshaun Jackson, as I mentioned earlier, he didn't practice Wednesday. He's dealing with a foot injury. And if he's not 100%, and if he's something like 80, 85, and he's not threatening you deep, then he doesn't have that much value to this offense. And he's looked limited. He looks like he's maybe lost a step this season. I don't know what the situation is there. But they've struggled to push the ball down the field the same way that they they used to, or at least the way that they want to. And really, the strength of this team is, or has been, In pass protection, they're eighth in adjusted sack rate, and they've got two really good tight ends, Cam Brayton and and O.J. Howard, who's got a lot of tools. 
Now the problem for the Buccaneers is on Wednesday, they they placed Ali Marpet and DeMar Dotson on IR, season-ending injuries. Both got hurt against Atlanta. So that means your starting center and your starting right tackle are not going to play. That is, I, I mean, stating the obvious to say that that is a huge blow for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now what they will, they will do is Joe Hawley will play center. He was the center two years ago in 15-16. And Evan Smith, who Packer fans will remember, if he gets cleared from concussion protocol, he can play guard. But either way, you're going to have multiple backups in at the offensive line. It's already not a good run blocking unit. They have been better in pass protection, but part of that is because Tampa Bay has had to get the ball out quick. So if you're Green Bay, the one thing that they struggled to do is defend running backs. Tampa Bay doesn't have a running back that can beat you. And the one thing that Tampa Bay wants to do is push the ball down the field. They haven't been great at it. And the Packers, save for this last game against Antonio Brown and, and Ben Roethlisberger, have been excellent at preventing big plays. And so this is, this is a good matchup for Green Bay because they should be able to completely eliminate the, the Buccaneers' run game. And if they can do that, if they can make them play left-handed or at least one-dimensionally and make... If you take away Jameis's down-the-field throws and you make him check it underneath consistently, he's going to get greedy. He's going to force the ball into coverage. He is going to give you a chance to get takeaways. And if you take them, you can win. And you will win. We've seen it this year. He is not just going to take what... If, if you give him the three-yard underneath to the running back or the tight end or whatever, he's not going to take that. He's going to press... He's going to force it, and he's going to create turnovers. Green Bay has to be ready and willing to take advantage of those turnovers when those opportunities present themselves. They should be able to dominate this game inside with Mike Daniels and Quinton Dial, even if Kenny Clark doesn't play. I don't think there's a reason to rush Kenny Clark back, but if he can play, he should play, even if it's just limited snaps. Montrevious Adams could have an impact, but... They're not going to have a starting right tackle. If Clay Matthews is able to play in this game, that's the matchup that you're going to have there. And if he's healthy, he had been looking good. He had been looking really good in that Ravens game until he got hurt. So this is, this is in terms of what, what each team does well, Green Bay, their strength is defending the run. Buccaneers can't run. Now Green Bay's weakness is defending the pass, and the Buccaneers are a better passing team. So... The hope would be this doesn't end up like the Lions game where Matthew Stafford just lights Green Bay's defense on fire. But that's certainly a possibility. He could get hot. Mike Evans could just take over the game the way Antonio Brown did. That They're certainly capable of doing that. But the Steelers had shown the ability to do it. They've done it this season. They just took the Titans apart and had 10 days rest to plan for Green Bay. That is not true for the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston's coming off a month sitting on the bench. And so how sharp is he going to be? It's going to be cold. How effective is he going to be with a cold, with a with the throwing a brick around if it's cold? And it's going to be. So this is an opportunity for Green Bay to get right defensively. Because this offense right now is, is dealing with some issues, with some injury issues, some inconsistency issues. And I know cynical Packer fans are going to say, well, this is the perfect defense for them to get right against. And, you know, it's probably not a wrong take. 
We saw it against Detroit. They had been trash all year, and then all of a sudden they play Dom Capers' group and they light the world on fire. So if you're if you're the Packer fan, you have to hope that that doesn't happen this week, though I suppose you don't have a ton of confidence because you don't have a ton of evidence that this defense can get stops consistently. But I think in terms of what Tampa Bay is going to want to do and push the ball down the field, Green Bay has been good taking away big plays. They should be able to force Jameis Winston into some turnovers. And if the offense can score points, meaning Green Bay's, and they're going to be in a position to do that, then the Packers will be in good shape. Before we get to the Buccaneers defense, I want to remind you that the Locked on Buccaneers podcast is out there. You can get the Tampa Bay perspective on this matchup. Also, Locked on Bucks, B-U-C-K-S, the basketball team. I encourage you to check that out, NBA season. The, the Bucks just beat the crap out of the Kings. They, I looked up and the, all of a sudden the Bucks were up by like 50. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. That's good. should beat the teams you should beat. And, and the Bucks have done that. So keep your eyes out for Locked on Bucks. Stay Locked on Bucks just like you would stay Locked on Packers. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuelyourfandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. The Buccaneers defense, oi, the Buccaneers defense, it is bad. There's no two ways about it. It's bad. 30th defense by DVOA, 30th against the pass, 20th against the run. They're one of the most zone-heavy teams in football. They do not play a lot of man coverage, which generally speaking is what gives Green Bay problems. One of the reasons they can play a lot of zone is because they've got really athletic linebackers, Levante David, is one of the best linebackers in football. Quan Alexander, Kendall Beckwith, they have some guys who can run and chase. This is not your this is not your father's Tampa Bay defense. They don't play Tampa 2. They play a lot of cover 4, some cover 3, but that leaves them susceptible to the quick passing game and they may be without arguably their top corner Vernon Hargraves didn't practice Wednesday, didn't play against the Dolphins. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. And they've got a bunch of defensive backs who are in concussion protocol and and are hurt. T.J. Ward with the concussion. Josh Robinson has a hamstring, so they're down a couple safeties. Noah Spence, probably their most talented pass rusher on the edge, hasn't played since October. So this is the worst team in football 
by Justin Sackright. One of the worst pass rushes in football, arguably the worst. Um, and that's a place that Green Bay needs some help. Because Brett Hundley is going to take some sacks. He's going to be slow to read and, and react. And so he's going to hold on to the ball. If he can hold on to the ball and not feel pressure, and he can find receivers downfield, that's a huge boon for him. The Steelers play a lot of zone. They're mostly a cover three team. But Brett Hundley looked very comfortable against the Steelers zone, and that's a much better defense overall. They're a much better pass rush. They're much more effective with their blitzes. This is easily the worst defense Brett Hundley has faced. This is the worst defense the Packers have faced this season. This is one of those... This is one of those games where if Aaron Rodgers were playing, Green Bay might be favored by 14 because they'd hang 40 on Tampa Bay. They just have, they, if, if Rodgers were playing, they'd have no chance to win this game, really. I mean, not no chance because Jameis could get hot, but Rodgers would pick this defense apart. Now, they are decent, still below average, but decent defending number one receivers, 18th defending number ones, but 24th against number twos and 28th against others. Well, Devontae Adams is the number one. He's been great. I think you're going to see a lot of Devontae Adams in this game, but I think you're also going to see Jordy Nelson get on track a little bit and Randall Cobb continue to to make plays here and there. Mike McCarthy has done a good job scheming up ways to get Randall Cobb involved, and, and I think they need to continue to do that, but I think they also need to find ways to get Jordy Nelson involved. Now, the reason the, the Randall Cobb touchdown against the Steelers works, that was a switch vertical concept. My dad asked me what a switch vertical concept was. I told him to Google it. But if you watch the, the Nelson to Cobb play, that's a switch vertical. You've got a corner in zone coverage, two receivers to that side, the outside receiver, inside release up the field. What their job is, is to draw that corner inside. Inside receiver goes out and up. The linebacker should carry him to the sideline once he turns up field. He's technically the corner's responsibility. The problem is that corner is running with the, the wrong receiver. And the safety in the middle of the field, if it's cover three, he's not going to get to the sideline. Now, I thought Mike Mitchell should have should have read that a little bit better, should have gotten to that side. Brett Hundley stared it down the whole way. Randall Cobb's open the whole way, stared it down the whole way, and, and the safety doesn't move at all. I think that's... it's Artie Burns blew the coverage, but... Mitchell's got to get over there. And those are the kinds of passes, the kinds of plays that can beat zone coverage. The Packers know how to attack zone. They have been much more they have been much better attacking zone coverage. And that's traditionally speaking, even even with Rodgers. Teams that can that can pressure you with four and play man coverage, those are the teams that have always given Green Bay the most problems. Well, the Buccaneers play zone and they can't rush the passer. So this should be a green light special for Brett Hundley. Maybe this is the, the first game he goes over 300. Maybe this is the game he hits that shot to Jordy Nelson. But this is certainly a game where you're going to see the quick passing game be a big part of it because these corners give cushion. I think you're going to see a lot of the run pass options where on third and short, Hunley's just going to take that one step and sling it to the sideline and let, let Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams or whomever go pick up five, six, eight, ten yards. And maybe you break one tackle and you're off to the races. Jordy Nelson still even at his age. I mean, he juked a Steeler corner out of a tackle and picked up an extra couple yards. He can still do that. Devontae Adams obviously being the most elusive and explosive 
dynamic pass catching weapon that they have. And I think you're, you're going to continue to see Green Bay attack in that way. Defensively, you could not ask for a better matchup for Brett Hundley. You couldn't. And coming off the performance that he had against a really, really good defense, you expect him to play well. This is not like coming off the Bears game where you thought, okay, will he? Because it was clearly his best game. And then he's playing the best pass defense in football, ferocious pass rush, incredible corners and defensive back safeties, and he he doesn't play well. Now you're talking about a confidence-building, hopefully a confidence-building moment and game for Brett Hundley against a really good defense. And now you're going to play a really bad defense that plays the ideal kind of coverage for you to attack and that doesn't rush the passer well for a quarterback that holds the ball too long. If this team is half decent, if it's well coached, they should win this game. There was no line on this game. Once it was announced that Jameis Winston was going to play, it went to Tampa Bay minus one and a half. Buccaneers are one and five on the road this year. I don't see it. I think the Packers win. And not just because they played well last week, but because this is this is a really good matchup for them. They're at home. They need this game. They're getting healthier, especially if Clay Matthews, even if just Clay Matthews plays, they should win. But if they get Kenny Clark back, if they get Aaron Jones back, this is the healthiest they've been since the bye week. They should win. We'll get you all geared up tomorrow with the final injury reports. We'll, we'll have a better idea of who's going to play and who's not. If Vernon Hargrave doesn't play for, for Tampa Bay, I think this is an absolute, an absolute must win for Green Bay and a game that they absolutely should win. But we're going we're gonna to see all that again tomorrow. I want to remind you to check out the podcast yesterday with Greg Allman. He'll, he'll provide some more context for this. But a, another plug for the show, Greg Jennings is going to be the analyst for Fox on Sunday. Go back and listen to the podcast we did with him. He told some great stories. I'm sure you're going to hear more great stories about his time with Green Bay on the telecast. But go back and listen to the show we did a couple weeks ago with Greg Jennings because he was a great guest. We have the other half of that conversation. It's going to, I'm, I'm going to run it in the off season when we have a little bit less to talk about. And hopefully that's not for a while because there's plenty more games to go. Packers are still in a playoff race. Aaron Rodgers could come back. That means you need to stay locked on Packers. <laughs>